0: Hello and welcome back to the SOAS interview series and I am Nick and I'm here with Kefaya. Okay, so Al and Giuliano, are you having a good day?
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so far. far so good.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, these are the two members of the collective Kefaya, which is not your usual sort of band setup. up. Kefaya is an international mishmash of musicians. I think I was reading there's 12 musicians on the album, including you guys. So it's from India, Palestine, Spain... Yeah, you can listen to the album on Spotify and everywhere, it's uh, called Radio International. For those that haven't heard it already, it's, I mean, one of the most diverse-sounding things that have come out recently, I could definitely say that. (laughs) Yeah, and like, well done, how long ago was the album released?
1: came out in, I believe it was October last year.
0: Okay, so we're coming up to a year, how how are you feeling after that? It's been a year
1: already. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's nice to, to finally get get our music out there. I mean, this album was quite a long time in the making. So, especially because the way it was made, you know, we kind of traveled and, you know, kind of put together the album over, yeah. them, you know, a few months and years. It wasn't something we just went in the studio and recorded in a week. So, yeah, it was a lengthy process, which was worthwhile, you know, and what it allowed yeah. us to do. But at the same time, it's nice to finally get it out there and start, yeah. you know, really yeah. gigging this material and. Yeah, so it's yeah, and we got you know some great responses to the album, great reviews, you know. It's um, yeah, so yeah. far so good.
0: Yeah, it's fourteen tracks, including a couple of intermissions. What are the number of nationalities in the end? Uh, uh, I think
2: we ever counted. No. Uh, well, there is India, Italy, essentially uh, Palestine, 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 Spain, Spain UK. Okay. Um, well, I would say five nationalities. That's islands, pretty good going. Islands. Um, uh, yeah, there's lots of influences. You know, it's be of the nature of, uh, of our ensemble. You know, we uh, essentially see ourselves as an internationalist collective, and we work with uh, many musicians from all over. So the album kind of reflect what, what the ethos of the band is, and what we're trying to convey as a yeah. group. You know, and celebrating internationalism, and you know cover themes of uh, immigration and, uh, and inequality and essentially we want to uh, send a message and we want the makeup of the band in itself to be the message as well you know and mm. which is just reflects what's happening in the world today's and the way we are living and there's a
0: story actually behind the name kafaya isn't there what? The word comes from
2: yeah,
1: so it's a word that was used during the the Egyptian Revolution, uh, during, people call it the Arab Spring. Um, it's a word that means enough. Spanish yabasta, or you know, like, we want change. We've had enough. And so yeah, we were kind of struggling to find find a name. It's, <laughs> it's hard. He's, yeah, it's hard these days. Yeah, and we wanted a name that somehow described the political sentiment of the band. And I think we also felt that at the time, well, it still is the case, that there's mass scapegoating of of Muslims, of Arabic culture, the way that, you know, many countries around the world, Arabic countries are being painted and you know manipulated in the media is quite problematic and then this huge arabic democratic movement came along which was you know real thorn in the side of that kind of narrative and so i suppose it was our way of kind of celebrating that in some way celebrating culture that is maybe particularly feeling the brunt of imperialism at the moment. Well, I think
0: the picking of the name worked very well. Deep meaning compared to some other people. (laughs) 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 Right, so let's go on with some music, I guess. Your lead signal, there's a video out for it on YouTube. Do you want to introduce it properly, or should we just play it and see how it goes?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the single is entitled Indignados, it's uh, dedicated uh, to the movement there in Spain uh, um, during basically the, the recession, and it was an anti- austerity movement. You can see, like, parallel to this movement, like, occupying Wall Streets and quite inspiring movements. So we thought to dedicate this this track.
0: Perfect. Well, here it is. Indignados. <laughs> That was Indignatus and you're listening to SOAS Radio and we have in the studio Kefaya. Can you tell us what we're hearing in that song?
1: yeah so that was a flamenco vocalist from sevilla called chico pere who was actually living in manchester at the time we made the album so the song was as you can hear it has got quite a strong kind of ethiopic influence and somehow we just found a space for yeah. this amazing singer and aside from that is um, jost hendrix who's our regular drummer great bass player called kenny higgins richard ormrod who's uh, did all the sex arrangements and played horns on it. Cormac Burns um, mm. and on Bowron. And there's also an, um, a second guitarist, uh, Glenn Sharp, who's an amazing flamenco guitarist. So it's a kind of flamenco, Ethiopian yeah. jazz. <laughs> Electronic and, yeah. <laughs> kind of crossover,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if you want to catch it live, then there's a show coming up at Nell's Jazz and Blues on the 24th of September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a great space. Uh, you guys said you haven't been there. Last time I was there, the air conditioning had broken, so it was pretty sweaty. Yeah. But it's a lovely, lovely, spacious place. Very sophisticated. Yeah, brilliant. it Should it's, be
1: nice. We've, we've just found out that there's going to be an amazing writer, a guy called Dave Randall, who's a writer, an activist, and also like, great music musician played him faithless in faithless and many bands so he's just released a book about the relationship between music and politics and activism so he's going to be doing a pre-show talk there about you know his work about his book and it's going to be very interesting talk that sounds um, exciting yeah and you'll be able to catch his book there as well which i'm reading at the moment it's really okay,
0: I so yeah that kind of made me think of a question i've been wanting to ask you guys is Obviously, you had that, you're saying that Ethiopiques, like kind of flamenco thing. Do you get an idea that you want to do Ethiopiques flamenco thing, or is it just you're messing around and there happens to be musicians there and you inevitably kind of work?
1: I don't think there's a, a rule necessarily. I think yeah. that track we just heard actually was part of a longer arrangement that kind of morphed from a more traditional. Flamenco, Bulleria, and then at a certain point that morphed into this kind of 6A, Ethiopi kind of thing. And I think originally it actually morphed into another, like a kind of dubstep kind of thing yeah. at the end. So, like a few tracks on the album, they started as like longer, more complex arrangements, which then we split up and they developed as tracks in their own right. So. You know, because we wanted to invite this flamenco singer onto the more traditional flamenco part, he then also sang on other parts of the track, which then started to develop their yeah. own character, and it became something kind of more unexpected. I mean, other tracks, maybe, you know, there's one track on the album that started as an arrangement of um Italian folk song, which we ended up completely removing the the Italian folk part and recording an Indian classical vocalist. Sometimes it's just, it's completely unplanned, but we realise there's maybe a space in a song and we find a musician that we can really hear their voice working in that context. And, but then I think some tunes probably were much more specific as well. Like, we want to write something like this. Yeah. Or, but I think in terms of the album, yeah, almost every track started as something quite different to how it ended up. Yeah.
0: And so you're saying there's Italian folk songs that started, did you get an idea that you, want, you wanted to do Italian folk songs or you found the person first and then you kind of got interested through that, is it?
1: The way this band started, a lot of the music we were originally playing was actually protest songs and political folk songs from different parts of the world and... This was an Italian folk song that we wanted to to play specifically because of its lyrical content and its meaning. Yeah, it kind of went from there, really. It kind of gave us a framework in which to develop other things.
0: So you're travelling around for a lot of this. Well, is it recording in different countries or travelling around, meeting and writing, and then recording back here?
1: Kind of both. Kind of, yeah, a bit of both yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And how how did that journey start? Did you have, like have an idea that you wanted to do an album and then you went travelling to find the album or like, get it done or was it just it both happened?
2: Yeah, as I was previously said, it's been kind of an, an organic process that's been meeting people and traveling and there was uh, something that you didn't plan it was just in the moment and then in other cases it was more spending time with some musician and, and make it, and learn from them maybe learn a song and uh, uh, arranging it but in the case of this album as i Al said everything started in a completely different way of how it mm. ended you know i mean it started as an instrumental completely album, completely really. quartet like instrumental it was album. Like, and
1: we kind of went into a little studio in leeds and was like oh, we should put down these arrangements we have And from there it just kind of developed developed in different
2: directions and, you know, because we were in the middle of touring and there was a kind of individual touring we were doing with dance and other projects, we ended up working with lots of musicians from different parts and uh, spending some time and, and then developing some idea and finding eventually a space for that to happen in the album.
0: And that's like a really interesting thing you're saying, actually, because obviously there are singers, but it's kind of what is something I find quite striking about it is it, obviously the voice is an instrument, but it is almost seems like it's used more as an instrument than is something that says words. Yeah, I think
2: it's the case of this album quite a lot, probably also because of the nature of what, how the album was made in the first place, starting as an instrumental album. Uh, but the way also we broke them down sometimes is to be a little bit more creative than just build an arrangement around the song but using the voice, like for instance in New Roots, in this tra- track we did a, with a, an Italian folk singer, where the productions around the voice was more, much more dubby and the way the voice is presented is in a much more dubby way, which means sometimes breaking the lyrics, breaking the uh, the flow of the songs and more working with the effects And
1: I think also, because like, we have quite a deep interest in Indian classical music and I think the, the kind of Indian vocal approach to improvisation is something we really Instrument, Love, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is yeah, treating the voice like an instrument, and I think that's a sound we really kind of connected to.
0: Yeah, well, they say the voice is the ultimate instrument in Indian exactly. and it's like it can do. I mean, it's so flexible that it's what well, they craft their instruments to sound like the voice. Yeah, so exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Moving on a little bit, you're saying there's an upcoming video coming out for Symphony. We'll play it first, and then yeah, sure. okay. So this is Symphony of Radio International on Source Radio. That was Symphony of Kafaya's album Radio International, and yeah, so that's probably one of the most unique sounding tracks on the album, at least in my opinion. Got a very produced sound, mm. um, and so yeah, there's a video coming out for that in the next couple of weeks a live video how was the process of recording that and getting that done yeah
2: it's, it's very exciting um, this track features the singer called Nikki Wells she's a fantastic singer she, she can sing Indian classical as well as jazz and pop she's really versatile singers the video was quite interesting because we put together you know as you can hear in the track it's very produced and there re- we got strings there is tabla there there is, there is a lot of stuff going on uh, We essentially we rented a space you know big enough and we set up in a circle with lots of guest artists. There's a Bansuri player, violin, cello, synth, bass, drums, you know, quite a big setup and live productions, live electronic productions. As you can hear, the track is very uh, live produced. So, yeah, so we, and we spend basically an afternoon doing lots of takes and that that's how was the process. I have to say we we're really excited because the results it's been good, No, mm. it's coming out really well.
0: Leads on to another thing. So obviously you record all these songs with all these different people and then you take the songs away and they're produced separately, like away from all these other musicians. Do they they have input in the production or is it done with you guys and your producers and your mixers?
1: Yeah, I mean, we really take charge of the kind of production side of things. I mean, for this album, we actually work with a couple of producers, Uh, Tim Wright, who produced the track you just heard, who's an amazing producer, He also produced a couple of other tracks on the album. The most um, electronic stuff Yeah, general. and yeah. with the, the tracks we did with him, we really gave him a lot more free rein to kind of bring his sound to it. And, and we also worked with Sam Hobbs, who, some tracks he was the mix engineer, and then other tracks he had a quite a big hand in producing them. But yeah, once we've kind of left the studio, it's generally two of us that kind of worry about all that.
0: How's the live setup going to work? For, I, I know it's jazz and blues because that's got to be
1: a big Well, in terms of the, the electronic side of things we have an amazing engineer Camilo Tirado who also effects live what we're doing so he brings live electronics a kind of almost like dub aesthetic. In terms of how we interpret songs from the album it's obviously difficult because we have musicians that live in India and Spain and Palestine and Italy and it's not always easy to bring them all over to Nell's Jazz and Blues. So, <laughs> but in a way I think It kind of creates quite interesting challenges for us in the sense that we're forced to be creative in finding new ways of playing our material. So one thing that's been really interesting is kind of reinterpreting our own songs. So at the moment we're working with usually three singers in the live set, which is Nikki Wells, who you just heard, Deepa Nair Rasir, who's an Indian classical vocalist, and Ella Hasuro, who's an Afghan folk singer. We've been trying to find ways of allowing them to bring their voice into tracks that they weren't even involved in. So the first track we listened to, in Ignados Chico lives in the south of Spain, he's not available, but Alaha, the Afghan singer found this Afghan folk song that fits perfectly over that song and Deepa it's now found this kind of Sufi, like a uh, Kowali kind of melody. So we're kind of reinterpreting our own songs and I think it's kind of interesting for us, that process of always keeping these pieces, you know, not as a finished product, but as an open conversation that we can involve different people in, depending on where we are and who's available.
2: it kind of keeps it fresh for us, and yeah, and I think it's the nature, you know, it's, it's the nature of the music that we're doing. It's a very collaborative, and uh, to keep that nature, you, you keep working with different people, and you know, you keep creating different sounds, and you have different approach to your own music as well. So it's something that really excited us and we learn a lot from as well and it's interesting also to find these connections between often style of music coming from different parts of the world, like in the case of Indignados it's quite interesting, like you find really similar rhythms you know, that are present, so for for instance, for Elaja it wasn't very hard to find a song because she co- connected with that groove, with that rhythm and, you know, and even the melodic content of the scale that we use and the, the kind of atmosphere that we created, so so it creates a certain flexibility to the music. And that's one process, which is probably the way that we did this album, which is not necessarily the way we are doing the next album. Uh, which is <laughs> <laughs> the- <laughs> we We're going to get round to it, I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's... The next album. <laughs> <laughs> so the next it's album is off. actually
1: with, is much more kind of focused album. I mean, I think we see Radio International as a kind of manifesto, really, of what we believe It's putting ourselves out there as this open, internationalist collective. With the, the next album, we wanted to do something that was much more specific in terms of who we work with and the style we're working within. So this next album is, is with... Uh, this Afghan folk singer. So all the songs on on the album are arrangements of Afghan folk songs. The songs were chosen based on really on her experience as being a a woman in Afghanistan, um, eventually having to flee Afghanistan as a refugee due to the fact that she was a female and a musician. So the album reflects, you know, her experience and the experience of women in Afghanistan. So all the songs on the album are by female composers and somehow, you know, relate to to that experience there. So it's a very different album in some ways from the first album that is like, dealing with a very specific concept, a very kind of personal story. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of been really nice in a way to, to have to kind of really look and learn about a specific style of music in this way and for example in afghan folk music there's many grooves in this kind of really cool but you know at first quite strange like seven eight wonky amazing groove quite a few of the songs on the album were in in this kind of groove so suddenly we have to be quite creative and how can we interpret this on you know instruments that are designed to play or the music you know and, uh, so and also
2: give it the, our sounds which is still we still have a contemporary approach to to music you know with many influences from uh, you know from electronic music to to jazz and you know all the sounds so it's how do you combine that and yet People have the essence of folk music, and you don't disturb the song you don't disturb try to retain that it's a quite of a challenge, but I think it's a lot the nature of this band as well we're really into learning, you know we're really into traveling and learning and spending time with musicians that they can uh, inform us musically, yeah know. yeah.
0: And it happens both ways as well, I'm sure yeah. you mm. get get love with the experience of playing with you guys. But mm. we you actually sort of missed out, you guys do play and you all <laughs> your parts in the actual performances. So you're keys mm-hmm. and um, guitar. guitar. Yeah. Okay. How is it playing guitar in seven eight? <laughs> <laughs> we we'll love it. Into, yeah. <laughs> I think
1: I think for us it's usually finding references. I mean, for example, in, in Indian classical music it's I think for you it's been Sarad. For me, it's been Santur. It's finding an instrument that maybe has some of the technical similarities or technical limitations even as your own instrument. And, you know, in the Afghan stuff, for example, it's probably the same for me. Like Santur is probably a really useful reference for you, like, you know, Dambura. Dambura, Yeah, yeah, Dambura. Or or, or Rubab. Or Rubab, yeah. So it's like trying to find some kind of reference and then just try and become immersed in this music, you know. But yeah, we always like to try and at least yeah. understand as much as we can so that when we're fusing it with other things, we have an understanding of both sides of the fusion, you know. It's very yeah.
2: important, it's not about exoticizing and do just kind of the general, generic world music. For us, it's about a process, you know, and that's really important and that process implying lots of learning and, you know, spending time with, if you really want to understand Afghan folk. I mean, now we just did a concert last week, which was like two hours of Afghan folk songs. And it was a great experience for us because, it, you know, as musicians, they maybe studied jazz or like more experienced with kind of Western styles of music. It's, you know, it's quite challenging. You know, you have to get into that world. You have to get into that music. It's a long process. So it's something that you have to commit. And then there is also the whole political side behind yeah, the album, which is for us important, not just to be, in fact, we don't want this album to be just uh, a, critique of the situation of women in Afghanistan, which obviously is something that needs to be talked about, but it's a a much bigger message about a patriarchal society, about the condition of women really everywhere, many different levels and way, but eventually it's part of, you know, our economical Mm -hmm. systems, it's part of our society everywhere. So it's, it's also a reflection on that, really. Obviously, it's come from Elaha's personal experience of an artist that had to suffer, had to uh, run away from you know, her own cause of, a, of the choice of being an artist. Yeah, well, it
0: seems quite a good continuation because obviously, when, once you talk about the situation of Afghan women, you start have to be, talk about migration, which is obviously your address in uh, Radio International. Mm obviously it's all intersectional completely of course
1: yeah I mean also for us I mean making an album featuring you know an asylum seeker is a political act in, in itself I mean at the time we started you know talking about making this album it was before the refugee crisis last year and the kind of language that was being used about, you know, refugees was absolutely disgusting, disgusting, you know, and often still is. I think since the crisis developed to such a horrific extent, there's photos of dead babies on the beach and this kind of thing. There was some kind of shift in at least the facade of how the media deal with this issue. But at the time, you know, before this, we were making this album, you know, somehow humanise, you know, like one refugee was actually... a you know, kind of statement.
0: And it sort of brings to light how these messages can be transplanted into all different cases. All of these messages are relevant to everyone who's listening or everyone who's Mm. taken part and... Um, everyone, <laughs> you know, no, um, and that's kind of bring me to something I've mentioned to you guys earlier. Better Chow is has a has a place <laughs> in my heart, <laughs>
3: um, also now, heart,
0: because I know it from listening to I, I think it was Trumble One, we did a version ages did, yeah. and ages ago, and I listened to that with my family. How how did you decide on Better Chow? I don't
1: know, just well, we were just I mean, playing lots of. Protest songs, and that's yeah, one, of it's one, one of the kind <laughs> <hits> of <it. laughs> <laughs> the greatest hits <laughs> it. lefty songs, protest yeah. songs. Yeah, um, we're actually doing it now with um, with Allah, the Afghan singer. There's actually
2: um, they yeah. sing it in Afghanistan in okay. Farsi yeah, and they sing it in India as well. It's quite interesting how you find these songs everywhere. You know, yeah. it's the same melody and a kind of a, kind of a tr- tr- transposition of the lyric. Well, the I think the you, lyrics,
0: but... you guys probably love it because I was at a small anti fascist get together in Brighton where I'm from, and mm. your Bella Child was played no
3: uh, really yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this
2: That's
3: point rare. i
0: didn't i didn't even was you guys as well and no. <laughs> just <gasps> happily that see really <laughs> makes me <laughs> happy <laughs> um well I, I guess we should play bella ciao um so this is, yeah bella ciao a track off uh, radio international with gefaia on south radio Bella Chow of Radio International. Sorry, I think we're coming close to our studio time. Yes, and if you do want to hear that live, that will be at Nell's Jazz and Blues. Yeah. I have invited my mum along. Um, Hopefully so hey, she's hey. going to come up from Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great interpretation of the song, and I really like the glimpses of electronic post-production with that sort of mm. echo and stuff. Are we going to hear that on the new album?
1: Yeah, probably what? a lot more so. The new album's increasingly becoming darker and more electronic yeah. the more we work on it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely gone in that direction. Oh, well, there's some, some stuff's quite acoustic. There's some stuff's yeah, more like spiritual is. jazz. It's kind of a mixed bag, but yeah, it's still really got that kind of...
2: And I think it's a, it's a sound that we're really developing live more and more working with Camilo and, you know, just it's becoming really a little bit of a senior, signature for us, especially this kind of approach, dub sonics um, to what we do and... Um, yeah it's I feel it's becoming a little bit our sound and
0: yeah and so do you think be ready for a performance by like festival season next year, or are we when are we hoping to what, get of the new material? The new material? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we're hoping to put it out in spring next year, so we'd like to set up a tour to launch the album. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be hitting the festivals Excellent. next summer as well.
0: Well, that is, yeah, really, really exciting <laughs> and definitely really excited for Nails, Jazz, and Blues. But what was the uh, author's name again?
1: Uh, Dave Randall.
0: Okay, Dave Randall. So, yeah, the 24th of September, 24th. Sunday, Dave Randall, Kefaya at Nell's Jazz & Blues in oh, West Kensington. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't catch you last year at WOMAD. I think I was working, but ah. you'd, like, the live reviews are, I can't remember what it said on your website, but there was some impeccable, <laughs> uh, very eloquent <laughs> review. So it's definitely worth checking out. Run at Nell's Jazz & Blues later in the year, there's Mulatu Astatke as no play. Really. Um, ah. And there's lots more coming up, so keep keep on the touch for Nell's Jazz & Blues. Yeah. Keep your ears to it. We are reaching the end. Is there a song you want to play out on?
1: Uh, maybe Intifada?
0: I actually had that loaded up, so that's... Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Well, it's been brilliant having you at Soas Radio. It's a huge pleasure. And yeah, come along to Nell's Jazz and Blues for a great dance and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Here is Intifada of Radio International on Soas Radio. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks so Thank you.